Welcome to Co-op Mode, round 87. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra from Butel Savage, Minnesota. Joined by my friend on the Atlantic coast, the Canadian Mark Herbin. Howdy. Hanging by a string, two <laughs> hours of sleep. I'm, I'm hanging in there. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I'd say three hours of sleep total last night. A uh, little dude has a double ear infection at the uh, ER. Uh, he was pretty inconsolable last night, so we landed at the ER around 4 a.m. But uh, before that, I, I really didn't have much sleep. He was he was up and crying at around 10, 30, 11 before I tried to go down myself. So it was a rough few hours, and then I finally said, you know what? I'm just taking him in because uh, I've been anticipating something would happen. I've been trying to get him into his doctor, but uh, that didn't happen. So last night was kind of a tipping point. So here we are, ready to go. It's only a matter of time, Mark. It is. The it. Kids are ticking tom bombs of, of disgusting germs. Yep. Gotta love it. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we are also joined by a new member of the co-op couch, but he is a long, long-term secret friend Unite, uh, from Secret Friends Unite. Corey and I go way, way back. That's Corey Dierig from the Boss Rush Network of Gaming and Podcasts. Corey, thanks for being on, bud. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited. You guys, you guys are the best. I every time I talk about other people, I say, you know what, secret friends. I point to you guys. I think you guys are literally the standard in terms of podcast networking. So, wow, too kind, Corey. Honored Aww, to be here you. in the presence of greatness. Your your checks in the mail. Thank you for that plug. You're welcome. Yeah. And I'm glad we got Zencaster to work rather than Skype where it looked like you were in a dungeon and we were at 480p. So we have right. made progress. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I'm sorry about that. But we got it working. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're in the, we're in the golden age. High fidelity HD. Mm-hmm. Uh, also joined by a friend who has been on the podcast before. He's back. Sean Nias. How are you doing, bud? Doing well. We're surviving here in the Nias household. Uh, we got half the family with COVID, half of us not. So we're rolling with the punches, doing the best we can, and uh, really excited. Uh, a nice uh, Star Wars uh, co-op mode tonight. Mm-hmm. And and may the 4th be with all of you. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's Star Wars-themed gaming. We've talked about doing this, and we're finally doing it. And it's appropriate. This will drop on May the 4th. And we are going to go all in on Star Wars. Um, I'm outnumbered, probably. Uh, I like Star Wars, don't love it. But we've got some big fans of Star Wars. So this is going to be a lot of fun. So we'll get right into it with our question we ask every week. I actually was got this out there about 45 minutes in advance, Mark. We got to get better about that. But <laughs> yeah. you know what? I wanted to do a bunch of like research for this episode and look up like dates that Star Wars games were released and like go through a whole bunch of like Star Wars gaming history and stuff. And then uh, my day went to hell in a handbasket, basically, as I explained. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll get better as soon as we can. <laughs> We need a we need a uh, social media manager, folks. So if you want to join yeah. us, by all means, we'll sign you up. Um, yeah. So we'll go with uh, our buy rent return. This is where we're like going back in the old days of Blockbuster, 
where you'd go and you had to find the, 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 the game you wanted, maybe even rent the system, and you had to decide to buy, rent, or return a game after a week. Or maybe you just kept it and you got fined, and then the game was $300 after all the fees. Uh, so we're starting this week with uh, classic Star Wars games. Last week we did some infamous games. Now we're doing some classics. Super Star Wars in the 16-bit era, Shadows the Empire from the N64, and The Force Unleashed from the golden age of consoles, which would be the 360 PS3 era. So there we go. So let's start off, actually, with our uh, Discord group, Schloss Ritter. Once again, I'll find out who you are, Schloss, one of these days. Um, (laughs) But he says, buy The Force Unleashed, rent Shadows of the Empire, and return Super Star Wars. Good picks, good picks. But we're going to go all in with Mr. Corey Deering. Corey, Hmm. what would you pick? So... I think I am. I I, I think that hmm, I think I agree. I am going to buy the Force Unleashed. I I love that first game. I think that first game is underrated. Um, I think it gets a bad rap because of the second game in particular, and they just kind of group them together, right? Uh, so I'm going to buy that. I'm going to rent Shadows of the Empire just because Dash Rendar is cool and. His ship is cool and mm-hmm. tells a cool story in between the movies that we never really, well, at least I never really, you know, experienced before. And then we're we're gonna we're gonna return Super Star Wars. I don't look. I don't need. I don't need Scorpion Darth Vader. Okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't need to jump on a three mile long Jawa uh, crawler, right? You know, I, I I think we're gonna return Super Star Wars. <laughs> that's but a that's a fair story. You gotta admit though that sound of like the Super NES. I don't know what they did with the sound. Hearing those Star Wars themes in that, like I don't know, eight bit, sorry, sixteen bit like sound chip, just Mm -hmm. is so resonant to me. I just know something about the SNES and its sound is so unique. And Uh, I mean, I'll buy the soundtrack. I just you know you can keep the game. You know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good point. Point Also, like, also Luke has the lightsaber like super early in that game, like. Why? <laughs> no. There's all scorpions. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Obviously, from that pivotal scene where they're killing scorpions with a lightsaber right. in uh, New Hope. I love it. They travel single file to hide their numbers. <laughs> 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 uh, you gotta love that like a side scrolling game, right? Oh. There's gotta be a Lego Star Wars mission that they're killing all the scorpions. That'd be great. Um, Sean! What are your picks, my friend? I have to be honest with you. This was a really hard one for me. Um, I am buying Shadows of the Empire because it was hands down one of my favorite games. The Hoth uh, board was amazing. I loved just the concept and that you got to see someone that potentially could have been in the universe during that time. And they brought a different perspective. I thought it was amazing. And I think that isn't there their board and you know, it's been a while since I played it uh, like where they're on Ord Mandel, right. And it's on a train, which was cool. And it was one of the real first great first. So, well, not necessarily first person, shooter, but 3d game for star Wars. So I thought it was great. Um, 
I have to be honest with you. I struggle with the next two because there are certain pieces of Force Unleashed that I just didn't like. Um, you're not going to be more powerful than Darth Vader. It's not happening. So I struggled with that and then all the powers. I got the concept. It was really neat to have another Star Wars game out and it sort of re-energized the franchise. And there's a lot of people who actually love both Force Unleashed 1 and 2. But I have to say I'm renting Super Star Wars because of the nostalgia and playing with your buddies. And, you know, it, it was it had its quirks. Yes, it you know, you're shooting scorpions and all of that. But it still was neat to have a Star Wars game coming out as a big Star Wars fan because there was that period when it was sort of just dead. You know, you got kind of your couple of re-releases on VHS. You didn't really have anything. And for something to come to the console was really cool. So I have to rent that and then return Force Unleashed. All right. For me... Man, this is tough. You guys are you're throwing. I, I thought I kind of had this, but uh, Sean, you're throwing you're th- throwing some thoughts into my head. I, I might have to rethink. Uh, my my first, <clears throat> and maybe I'll, I'll stick with this. But my first thought was just for, Force Unleashed as my my buy, um, just because I think it 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 has the benefit of being a little bit more relevant as far as gameplay and, and graphics and, and all that kind of stuff uh, a little bit closer to now, it kind of holds up a little bit better, um, which I think shadows of the empire might not have that benefit. A lot of N64 games look and play a little rough by today's standards. So I think I'll buy force unleashed, but I think to, to Sean, I think to your point and, and Todd with the soundtrack, I think I'm renting super star Wars just be, for, for that little nostalgia hit. Cause that was my first star Wars game is super star Wars. And, uh, and, and yeah, definitely brings back some, some amazing memories, which sadly means I'd be returning shadows of the empire, which I don't want to do. So if I'm going to, I'd like to double rent those. But since Todd's a stickler, I'm going to have to return that one. Um, <laughs> the blockbuster you have, they allow you to rent two things, Mark. I know, Mark, don't, crazy. don't forget that Spotify and YouTube exist for the soundtrack. <laughs> that's true. That, that's not the only piece of nostalgia. I, I just, even just, just loading that game up just brings back those, those kind of like, this is my first Star Wars game kind of memories. So I'm, I'm going to stick with that assessment, but it's, uh, I don't feel great about it. And so we'll go with Mark, that. the one thing that I really remember is being able to play as Luke. Cause every kid loved Luke mm-hmm. and being able to play as Luke was so cool. Absolutely. And yeah, th- those games were super tough and they got a little bit, I believe they got a little bit better. Like super return of the Jedi was a better game. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I might also be like getting some bits of like which ones I liked more. So this, this could very much change as like tomorrow. If I'm more awake, I'll be like, what was I thinking? Super Star Wars. Come on. Shadows of the Empire is the way to, to go. But, um, but there we go. That's, that's what I'm going with for now. Todd, what about you? Oh, wow. This is crazy. But just a note, this is very weird. I don't know why. Super Star Wars is available on PlayStation 4. 
Not available though on Switch, which is weird. Maybe is it on Xbox or no? Nope. I don't think no. When, when that got released, yeah. Uh, when that got re-released, it came to the Wii U and PlayStation. There, some so for weird. some reason, Xbox was was out of there. Uh, was it was out of that deal? I'm not sure if anyone if anyone knows why. Let uh, you know chime in. Uh, know. <clears throat> well, I think you just have to say Xbox One, and people were running. Uh, to be fair, that's probably a yeah, fair it assessment. Came to Wii U yeah. though. It was. I mean, out it's on a Wii Nintendo U. game though. I mean, like technically, mm, and right. I. I I guarantee you that those games are going to be sold in some sort of physical limited run collection for Switch at some point, right? Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Could be announced sense. tomorrow. As you're yeah. listening to this, this could already already be announced, and we just don't be know solved. it because we're recording Tuesday. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that would be fantastic, many, actually. How many games, like classic games that they could announce tomorrow? Like you got Rogue Squadron, you got Bounty Hunter, you got these Super Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. Uh Man, you got the the Jedi Starfighter games, uh, which were pretty good at the time, as if if I remember correctly. Like, mm-hmm. so many games you could put out. Hopefully, even they going, just announce. A- even going back a, a different way, like non console releases, you, you look at the whole series of X Wing, Tie Fighter, X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Like, they were all games that I kind of cut my teeth on growing up, and like. Star Wars games, luckily, were available for the Mac that we had at home. And that was like, you know, limited selection of games that actually work on a Mac, but also Star Wars. Come on, let's go. So, like, that was it. it I, re- I remember when, uh, what was it, Star Wars Squadrons first came out, and I was just like picking people off. And I, I was playing with, uh, with Sean Capri and a few people, and it was just like, okay, like, what, where did this come from? I, like, dude, I've been playing like X-Wing and TIE fighter games since I was eight. Like this is second nature to me. You throw me inside a cockpit of a star Wars vehicle. I'm going to take some guys out. Let's, let's just, you know, call it what it is. It's you're, you're not going up. So yeah, so, those games being re-released would be amazing as well. Yeah, we are probably going to, I mean, there's, there's, there's ample opportunity to get Yoda tails. Oh, jeez. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just way too many Star Wars games. That they, yeah, they could go deep if they really wanted to. Do nothing at all to them and just say, here you go, have fun. Yeah, just file save as. Of, of bad ones, yeah, Switch. that were out there in the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for me, um, I'm going to go Force Unleashed by just because I, 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 I mean, I've, I've come to terms with Star Wars where I love playing Star Wars than watching Star Wars. I love being that character, being immersed in it because – I get to control what happens. I'm not just repeating the same thing I've already seen before. I like that. I like the fact that you get to explore different areas and actually be the characters we love to watch. So very cool. Um, so we'll talk about. I think I'm things. right there with you, Todd. You know, I, I, I like Star Wars, but like, I think I like the, it's almost the Iron Man conundrum more. Like I like the idea of Star Wars, but like a lot of the times the movies just like, it's just not, doing it in certain places right but like i'm sure we'll get to it later but like jedi uh fallen order was like that for me it was like oh my gosh this is just this is the greatest you spent thing. more time doing cool stuff than having bad dialogue or something or yeah you know, plot point you didn't like it was yeah. like i'm just gonna get back into it i'll ignore that other stuff who cares if i didn't like right. the character i didn't like that i just get to do cool stuff in star wars and that's what we wanted to be as kids we wanted to actually play as our heroes and we're doing that so that's what i love about star wars that we get to do that in different mediums and i love this so um yeah fortunately loved it i thought it brought a new story that we 
probably would never get now. You're not going to get a non-canon. It can just do and play and have a good time. Regardless of canon implications, you can't do that because somebody's doing something like that. It just kind of like got to tell cool stories and do something fun. It was great. So I don't care if it's not canon. It was just a great time. Um, then I'm going to go Super Star Wars. And this is the, I'm going to give you the dumbest reasons in the world because I actually played that game. Um, uh, but I liked it. It was gimmicky and I played it since. It's, it's a hard as hell game. Uh, but it's still fun and it looks good. It still like looks good because that artwork holds up. But the gameplay is like it should have been like an arcade game where you're putting a quarters in because they would have taken like three billion dollars from you. It's that tough. But Shadows of the Empire is what got me back into Star Wars again because it was the reemergence of everything, right? But I didn't own an N64, so I only played it at a friend's. I never owned an N64. I tried playing this game again on PC because they actually ported it to PC years later. And it doesn't hold up at all. The controls are horrific. It like, oh, uh, you know. So it's a game best held in your memory and nostalgia unless they remake it. And what they should do is remake or remaster this game. That's because you needed the N64 controller. No, no, no. Which the is glorious. was like a floppy piece of spaghetti oh. and it controlled like you were insane. Believe me, I was playing on PC with the mouse and even the mouse, it was like, wow. Also, the We've already had the N64 discussion the last podcast I was yes. on. I love that controller. I never owned it, so playing it was like holding a piece of macaroni. Like, what is this thing? So oh my gosh, I, get it. I get it. It just was ergonomically perfect. I'm With a third leg that, that you never use. <laughs> I it just using controller. I loved it. Yes. Sorry, we, we, yeah, we'll we'll have the debate about that. You know, people that love it and why they're insane. Oh well, you've heard our verdicts. <laughs> <laughs> you've heard our verdicts. Let us know after you watch this episode. Put it on YouTube. Tweet at us. We'd love to hear your thoughts and tell me why I'm a horrible horrible person oh well moving on to what we've been playing because this is what we do video games we actually play them not talk about them so we've got a lot of games so i'm gonna say to make this a little bit more streamlined uh just give us really quickly you know what you've been playing and just some some high points about it so Corey, when when we do round robin um so you'll start with your first game then we'll go to sean next with his first game and mark and we'll go that way all right uh so i've been i've been nose deep in super mario 3d world uh, I, I completed the game a while ago, but for some reason I was really itching to play a Mario game and I decided to go for all the green stars and all the stamps. And I am on the fire flower world of champions road, which is the third out of the four. And I'm about halfway through it. And oh my gosh, if you want challenging Mario levels, that's where it's at. Dude, that's a commitment. Yeah, it's yeah. so I've I've limited myself to like two, two or three levels a night, so I'm not banging my head against the wall, right? And that takes insane. that'll take about forty forty five minutes of exploring and not dying and getting the right suits for the levels and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, then I put it down and I'll play something else. Wow, that's amazing, Sean. Definitely, you didn't have a Wii U. Uh, Super Mario Three World is a great game, especially mm-hmm. with the kids. If you've not done it yet. I would say it's the best 3D Mario game. Is that ported to Switch yet? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It came with Bowser's Fury, which is fantastic. Oh, we've I've got it. Okay. Clearly we haven't played that yet. It's a great co-op Mario 3D game. It's probably the best co-op 3D Mario game because there's not many except if you're like Hattie, but Cappy? Hattie. Cappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cappy. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, beyond that, though, the other games that are typically co-op, you're throwing people off a cliff, which I think you can do it in this game too. Cool. So Sean, Destiny Two, you and Corey have both been playing that. Um, so, um, as Ray would say from Phoenix Overdrive, it's a grind. This game is totally a grind. So I'm through. I've defeated the Witch Queen in the story mode. I haven't done any of the raids. I'm at about 1525, and I'm sort of building up. Uh, My son Henry has been a saving grace because, A, he's lucky, and, B, he's a good farmer. So he does the farming for me to build my light levels, and for some reason he always ends up with great rolls. So I've been able to use him to leverage up, but everything's just a grind. You get an exotic quest, it's a grind. You get it. Yeah, it's. I like it. I like where they're going. Um, I'm really interested to see where they're going to go with the next step, with the witness being the sort of the next upcoming bad guy, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, Todd, they sucked me in with Destiny 1 right out of the gate, and I haven't been able to, uh, I guess, release myself from the teat of Destiny. It, uh, Sean... Uh, Corey and I go way back on Destiny. I think that was one of the big joints with Ray Azario. There's a big community. Corey does a Destiny podcast called Tower Casuals with Josh. Um, And yeah, so if you need someone that knows Destiny inside and out, Corey is your man. Josh is involved. uh, So you have resources as well. So don't feel like you're alone. But um, yeah, I kind of gave up and just now just playing the, 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 the campaign, to be honest. Yeah, I, I have to be honest with you. I love the game. It's oh, yeah. it's it is a game you need to be committed to if you want to get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So Corey, uh, any anything that you're seeing in Destiny that, um, I mean, from what I've heard, it's like my son loves it. He loves what Destiny 2 is doing now. He's well past me now. I remember when he was young, and he's now done the raids. He's done all this stuff. So he is definitely the 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 ultimate Destiny dude. Um, I he wants me to keep playing, but I'm like I get drawn away by other things. So with your with with your view on on Destiny 2 and how many hours you've got in, um, oh, I mean, is there I mean, is there anything else? I mean, you, you want to like say like what's worth coming back to Destiny if people are lapsed? So I mean, if you're gonna jump in this is the time, right? I mean, the it's, I feel like it, I feel like if you, there's so much that you, it, that people have missed, right? They've taken out two major campaigns at this point, right? They're, they're really moving forward as if players are hardcore players. And so if you want to jump into destiny now, there's going to be a little research that you need to do. My name is Bife is a great YouTube uh, he's a big destiny lore guy. Uh, his videos, like if, if you need caught up, he's the guy to go to. Yes. The videos are a little long, but they really dive deep into what's happening in the story. Um, Josh and I do lore corner every week on tower casuals, not to, you know, plug my own podcast, but, uh, just, we kind of talk about like what's kind of going on in the story right now and what that means for the future of the story. And sometimes we're right. And sometimes we're really wrong. Uh, but it's always fun to speculate, especially with like the witness and Rolk and who are the disciples. And, you know, cause each race has a disciple and who are the other disciples. And there's a lot of 
kind of things going on around that. So, I mean, it's not just about the campaigns anymore either. There's major story elements in the seasonal content now too. And, uh, you know, with, with Crow being a major part of the story, like he, he's such a major part of the story now, but if you didn't play destiny one or forsaken the campaign that they took out, like nobody, like you're not going to know who Crow is and where he came from and why he's so important. But, and, and that's where like, you, that's where you're not going to get the most out of the story is like, well, these characters have existed forever, but why are they important? I can't go back and do the things that made them important. Mm-hmm. Um, but that for me is the one downfall is you've got to stay on top of the seasons. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is, you know, and, and Phoenix overdrive has been really helpful for me in helping to understand within each season, there's sort of sort of sub build outs of your character that are more effective than others. Mm-hmm. And, Oh man, I'm really struggling because I'll go in with folks and they just absolutely wipe everybody out. And they're like, dude, your build out's completely wrong. And yeah. so it's, there's, it's getting more complex, but it's also getting a lot more fun. I think they have ratcheted up in terms of storyline and getting you immersed in the world. Mm-hmm. It's night and day difference from, from destiny one, Todd. Yeah. The story, the story right now is definitely where it should have been. What? Five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. It's it's the most consistent it's ever been. It's the best it's ever been. Uh, but at this point, if you haven't been invested, like you're gonna have to do some research and and it's a fun game to still play and do the to play as like an RPG and play with your friends and do the grind and do the nightfalls and the raids and the in the dungeons and stuff. But like, if you want the most out of the story, you're going to have to really do the research now. And that's and and like they do an okay job. They have a they have a timeline in the game now. Like you're gonna have to read it, but like it, you know the Red War. Here's what happened during the Red War. Here's what happened during Destiny One. Here's what happened during Forsaken. And you know there's a timeline now, but like it doesn't give you enough information to really give you the most out of what you need to know for the story. And that's kind of a bummer. It doesn't do it justice for those who played through it because it was really cool to play through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's we talk about game preservation. No one will ever get the same experience of how Destiny was because that doesn't exist anymore. Very, very weird, very strange. But I always say this, when we see what Destiny has done and Bungie have done to make a game exist in live content and updates and things like that, mm-hmm. I think I know why Sony bought them. Because yeah. nobody does it as well as Bungie. We see 343 struggle. And they have the biggest company behind them in the world. Give them all the resources. And they struggle to get content out. And Bungie's just, you know, we've been there, done that. And just imagine if Microsoft had let Bungie do X, uh, do something, do Destiny at Xbox. Mm-hmm. Where would Xbox? 343 is hot trash in the summer, buddy. Ooh, Especially they, what they do in Halo. I mean, I, I could... I could chime in on that but that would be a whole half hour that yeah, we probably don't yeah. have so we're just gonna we're just gonna yeah. slide that in the folder and save it for later <laughs> yes i agree but they are hot trash in the summer yeah. no doubt well, about and it. that's that's been one of the challenges sean wants to play co-op and that's been delayed and the worst news is really i don't know if i mentioned this sean couch co-op is not even happening we don't need i think that's happening in december now hmm. online mm-hmm. co-op is coming first so you can't play with your kid until almost a year later which is just to me is 
I'll hold my tongue as well. So we'll move you on. know what the game is bad when it's nineteen bucks at Costco. Oof. I'm just saying. Also on Game Pass. That's the exactly. big marketing thing. Also exactly, on Game Pass. Exactly. True. Yes. But we don't want to hit on it because I did enjoy my time with Halo. But I, a lot of people are, and they're just looking forward to Season 2. That is coming soon. But we're going to move on because, Mark, when I look at yeah. you've been playing, I, you're making me so jealous because my Oculus is locked away in a storage trailer. <laughs> Sorry to rub this in. Uh, and, and Most of the games I've been playing have been in VR lately. Uh, the first one I'll talk about is called Ragnarok. Uh, so this is a, a rhythm game. So you're in a Viking longship. You're doing some drumming. There's four drums and then two kind of symbol shield things to give you kind of a overpower mode. Think of, uh, you know, being able to tilt your guitar in Guitar Hero. Uh, the soundtrack for this is all like Celtic, Viking, like rock, metal stuff, pirate rock. It's, it's fantastic. Like Ailstorm. Um that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's great, man. It's, I, if you like that kind of music, which I do, um, you're really going to enjoy this game. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Is uh, it if, four drums? Is it four drums or four drums? drums? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Four. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, it's challenging just like any rhythm game, but you start to get it and then you start to do the harder stages. So everything's kind of like given a little rating of like difficulty. So one to nine, um, and, you know, this stuff, when you get to the higher levels, stuff starts coming at you fast. But, uh, you know, it's fun. It's, it's, a, so it's a lot of fun. Is it better than Beat Saber? It's different than Beat Saber. Okay. It's very different. It's uh, where Beat Saber, you know, it's a lot. Beat Saber is a lot more like energetic flowing kind of stuff uh, with the lightsabers doing, doing, doing the moves. You feel kind of more like a, I don't know, cheerleader Jedi or something. Uh, this is, you're, you're literally just drumming and it is still a workout. Like you'll still, if you, if you're drumming along, especially on some of the harder songs, you're still like, I'm still breaking out into a sweat. And this game kind of like broke me from, I'll say close to a year of like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say you know, workout depression or something. Uh, since, since we, since we gave up our dog last year, uh, I have not really felt the motivation to like get up and close my exercise rings on my Apple watch. Right. Like it's just been, cause that was what I used to do. I used to take her out and we used to go for a run and it just hasn't been the same since. So, um, you know, while I have closed that ring, uh, I haven't been like motivated to like, I'm putting an effort in to close this every day of the week or whatever. Uh, Ragnarok broke me out of that. Like Beat Saber didn't. Uh, other games and things uh, have not done that for almost a year. And like Ragnarok, the first time I was doing it for like a half hour and felt that little like bibbing on my wrist, I was like, oh, I just closed my exercise ring just drumming along to pirate and Viking music. This is awesome. So like I've been kind of consistently trying to keep up with that. And it's really kind of invigorated uh not only my my love of like vr and stuff but like also just it's it's making me feel good uh that i'm i'm kind of over that little hump and i found something else to to get me up and to get me moving and and now i'm like okay well what else can i do so i'm like you know looking at better recipes and eating better and doing more activity stuff and it's all from this like dumb little viking pirate vr game so uh 
yeah, thanks Ragnarok. <laughs> like got me out of a pretty, pretty nasty slump there for a bit. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a good game though. If, if you like those, like if any of that sounds appealing to you, like look up some of those songs. I actually, if you have Apple music, I can send you a playlist that I made. I have the whole like roster of songs in a playlist. So listen to that. And if it pumps you up at all, you're going to love this. Is that exclusive to Oculus? I think it is. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I'm not might sure. Un- I, I'm sure. Might be on PC VR. Though. I was just going to say it is PC. I, I know for yeah. it, it's PC because it was just in a PC humble bundle package uh, yeah. for VR. Um, speaking of which, I got some games that I'm, I'm not going to talk about any of these games, but Fantastical, I believe, uh, just had a VR like a Quest sale. First time I've seen one on Quest. Which uh, oh no, sorry, Fanatical. Um, anyway, I got like Zero Caliber Reloaded. Uh, Todd, you were talking about this uh, this bundle as well. I don't know if it's oh, yeah, still going it's on, but like awesome, awesome bundle. So uh, there we go. Anyway, that's uh, that's all I'll talk about for now, and we'll keep going with with our little round robin. So Todd, what are you Mark, I'll just make one point: to have a game that will also make you feel awesome, keep you moving, and is really awesome. Has a banging soundtrack, will make you feel like John Wick. Pistol Whip. Check that out. I highly oh, recommend okay. it. It's, it's fantastic. You feel like you're sweating your bum off. I think it might be on PSVR, Sean, as well. Mm. But it's fantastic. I love it. It You move around. You're shooting mm-hmm. behind you, everything like that. And it feels like like you're James Bond or, or John Wick. It's awesome. Highly recommend I did just that. try, uh, and again, I didn't list this because uh, if I listed every VR game that I've at least tried out, yeah. um, I'd, be, I'd be talking for a while. But I did try out uh, Super Hot. Finally, Ooh. oh my son loves one. super hot. Yeah. Good game, good game. Very interesting. Cool dynamic, and that's a yep. game where you—it's like a strategic shooter because you're taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not moving constantly, which is kind of yeah. Cool. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, definitely. It's um, funny to hear the words come out of my son's mouth when he doesn't get it when he's farther along. Ooh. Oh Ooh. darn it, Dad! Oh. <laughs> darn it! You gotta love nine-year-olds, right? Eight, right. That's fine. a game that works on VR and on uh, on a console, which is very cool that they were able to make that work. Um, very quickly, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland is the Borderlands I didn't know I wanted. It's fantastic. It's the best single-player Borderlands game ever. Uh, my son has beat it. He went in, insane with it, going upgrading everything. He loved it. Um, he's actually playing it right now. You can see behind me. Um, he loves it. It's fantastic. The humor is great. You feel like you're in a RPG with weapons, like uh, like a D and D with guns, because the DM says why not. Um, they they play around with all of the sense of humor. It's goofy. It's fun. Wanda Sykes is in it. Uh, Jason um, from Brooklyn Nine 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 Nine. Um, Andy Sykes. Oh, Andy, um, okay. Andy Sandberg and then uh, Will Arnett is the bad guy. It's so fun, really cool, very funny. You get your side side classes, which is fun. Then you can add another, uh, you know, class as well. So I've got like a wyvern going around with me, attacking people. Then I got a mushroom man class. These little mushrooms that make funny noises and say things that I'm not sure what they're saying. And you're just killing a bunch of skeletons that say like all these funny lines. But they're like skeletons from like Army of Darkness and different skeletons that have been different things, which is funny. This it's really great. And then you have this like overworld where you're like almost like a Funko Pop walking around the upper the overworld and you're going on things and going, oh, it's just so much fun. I love it. I, I think it's great. Um, it's highly worth it. And there is co-op as well, which is coming and it's cross-play. So cross-play, cross-save, maybe, and and co-op. 
So it's it's a really good game. Sean, I've always said we should probably play this, but it's been hard because it's a game where you're in menus constantly because you get so many damn weapons, and you're like, I don't know what to do. Which weapon is better? But they're all fun. So, you know. Give me a second. I got to pick a new weapon. <laughs> exactly. There's a, there's a weapon shot my, my son showed me that shoots dragons out of it. So that's what, what that's where you're at. Yeah. Oh, I totally like, have to get this. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's well, well worth it if you can find it on a deal. I got it from Gamefly and I'm just having a blast with it. And like I said, my son has been playing it constantly. So that tells you like there, and he's a Destiny guy. He loves PC. So he he's enjoying it and he's 16 years old. So if a 16 year old can like it, we can all like it. So uh that is my game. Moving back to Corey with AC Odyssey, a game that only takes you three hundred hours to play. Yeah, it, every so often I come back to this game. It's like that game that never ends, really. And I'll play it for about 10 or 15 hours, and then I'll have my fill of it, and then I'll put it away. And then every couple months I'll be like, you know what? I need a game where I just don't have to think. I can run around and just collect stuff and stab people and you know look cool. And I'll put another 10 or 15 hours into it, and I'll be like, I have my fill. And just over the whenever I started playing it, I have like 75 hours into this game, 80 hours. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. I'm just going to start stabbing people again, I guess. And it's, it's fun. I got to say, I think I know that this is divisive, but I think that Odyssey and this current trilogy of games that are out now, origins, Odyssey and Valhalla have really, they made the game that I love to play Hmm. and uh, Odyssey, I think is the best one out of the three so far, but I've kind of put Valhalla down because I know I want to someday I'll beat Odyssey and I'll be like, okay, cool. It's time to move on to Valhalla. (laughs) But from what I've played of Valhalla and I finished origins and those two games were made by the same team. They just feel too tanky for me like the movement is that you feel really heavy and uh odyssey just nailed the movement they nailed the weapons they nailed just the world that i want to be in and it's just you know every couple months or so i'll spend a week playing it and then i'll put it away and it's just fun so how many game pass uh one of them is i don't remember which one is coming i think it's odyssey isn't it yeah, it or is, is it Origins? Yeah. I think it's, it's Origins. Odyssey, I think. Is it Origins? Oh, wow. Well, that game sounds like, for me, what Crisis 2 is. You know, I played it back. Todd, didn't it get released originally on the 360? I think it did. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they remastered it. And the minute the remaster came out, I bought it. And, you know, I'll play it for three, four days, take a break, and then go back in. I just, for some reason, that game has is one that I just keep going back to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Origins is coming to Game Pass. I've confirmed it. Sorry, Origins. Guys. Okay, got to raise yeah. hopes up. They're like, Corey, talk about the game. I'm gonna get on Game Pass. Nah. Look, this game is on sale like every other week. Okay, it's like ten, yeah. it's like ten to fifteen bucks every other yeah. week. So I mean, also Origins is worth playing. I don't want to make it sound like it's a bad game. I just prefer mm-hmm. Odyssey over Origins. So. That's fair. Also, I don't know why it's called Origins because Odyssey is technically a prequel to Origins. So. Names. What do they not, name these? Not days? that Ubisoft has the story figured out. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Not even remotely. No. Sean, you and Mark have played Switch Sports. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it came Friday, and uh, 
my daughter had her uh, sleepover birthday party. The girls loved it. Um, Henry and I tested it out. Uh, volleyball was our favorite. Really cool. A lot of fun. And then tennis. And then the sword play. The one that we kind of struggled with was soccer. Mm. Because you strap the uh, Joy-Con to your leg. Um, Just for the shootout mode, right? Yeah. And um, it took us a little bit to get used to. But it it brought back a lot of the fun things that, you know, Todd, we do wee bowling. My wife would do oh, yeah. wee bowling. It was great to have them make this again and, and integrate it into the switch. You know, I've read some reviews where folks were like, eh, take it for what it is. It's just a great, fun family game. And it's super fun to watch Henry battle Stella or Rach battle Stella in tennis. And um, the one thing I will say though, is make sure you, the, the, the switch has got it down. You've got to make sure you're separated or somebody may get hit pretty hard. And, uh, uh, but it's, it's, it's fun. I, I, I enjoyed it. Mark, you, you played it. Yeah, yeah. My wife and I have been uh, dabbling a bit in Switch Sports, and <clears throat> like you said, I've I've read some reviews that have been kind of, you know, pooing on the game for multiple reasons, whatever it is. But uh, for me, it's exactly what I expected. You know, if you, if you went in expecting anything more, I know we're getting golf in the fall. I'm guessing that's not going to be the last of the DLC. I assume like frisbee golf and some stuff from like switch or Wii sports resort will, will make its way. But for right now, like it is what it is and I'm happy with what it is. Uh, bowling. I thought the quality of life of being able to bowl simultaneously on the same screen at the same time was a great quality of life improvement. Uh, makes things go a lot quicker um, the, the new additions, like you said, uh, tennis or, or not tennis, uh, badminton volleyball, really solid soccer is like kind of slower rocket league kind of, uh, you know, boiled down, uh, giant balls and, and like, you know, uh, I, I think one of the things I've read is, is when it's more than just one-on-one soccer becomes a bit of a slog because the arena opens up. Uh, but so far I've only played it one-on-one. So not an issue. It was kind of fun. Just like, uh, you know, my, my wife and I taking each other on rather than, than going online and playing that way. Um, so as, as a, you know, couch co-op party game, like this is exactly what I wanted, exactly what I expected. And I've got no problems. Um, they do push the online mode, even right from the title menu. It's like jump online and play with people. Uh, so I'm, curious what that's like i'm curious with you know nintendo has hit or miss you're either a splatoon and it's like everything's great aside from that opening menu of having to listen to what stages are today splatoon's a pretty seamless online experience to just jump in and go and other times it's smash brothers, smash brothers. and you're playing at two frames a second and you just you know snap a controller into in so frustration are you do you have your OLED hardwired. I do. That's one thing that I think I have to do is, is hardwired because we ran into a little bit of issues on some simple online games. And I have read in, in some, some blogs that with the new OLED, you definitely want to hardwire. I don't know if that 
fixes the problem. I even had my original switch hardwired. I have a, uh, a USB Ethernet cable that plugged into the dock and, and would hardwire it that way. And some games it was great. Other games it didn't fix the problems with Nintendo's backend online infrastructure. So it's going to be game dependent. And uh, some of it's not your fault and not the fault of your router or the speed that your switch is seeing. It's just a fault of Nintendo's Backend. setup. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's that. But yeah, switch sports so far, I'm, I'm really enjoying it and I, I really can't wait to get more people, you know, the next time we have some people over or whatever and do four joy con and everyone's playing tennis or everyone's bowling. Like that's when it's really, really fun. So when it's, when it's more than just two, but even just the two of us, we've been enjoying it. Well, yeah, I am super excited. My, my parents are coming down the next weekend and hopefully we get our two negative tests with the family. Cause mm-hmm. I, there's nothing more fun than watching my parents with the kids, either playing Mario party or, or this is the next one we're going to do, and it's just going to be awesome. And that's it's essentially the essence of that game. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the only thing I've heard, and this is a problem with Switch, where the Wii love it or hate it, the Wiimotes, um, they were had essentially a pointer, and motion controls work because of the sensor bar, things like that. The Switch doesn't have it. It's still motion control without censoring, like centering. So I've heard mm-hmm. there's problems because of that, just a, a gap with the... The Joy-Con just doesn't have that type of, you know, precise control that others do. I've heard the same with the House of the Dead, where trying to do a light gun game doesn't work because it essentially has nothing to keep it in a, a, a like a horizon or anything. It's not like a, it can track. It doesn't have any tracking. It just well, it's it, up or down and like that, and then it needs to be uh, rethinked. So that, that was my only yeah. thing. Like people said they, they struggle because it's not precise, so it could be not a great experience because of that. I don't like precision really doesn't matter in most of these games, like sword fighting, as long as you kind of center it on the screen, I haven't had a problem with sword fighting because the matches are so quick. You recenter it and you're good to go. And it's very easy button combination to recenter. You point it at the screen and hit the buttons and it goes. Um, So I think that's kind of nitpicking stuff. If it was a light gun game or something, you need precision. Yeah. hundred percent valid problem. But like, for the most part, it's just the motion, and for things like like sword fighting, it's very quick and easy to recenter. So I haven't come across a single problem that way. Uh, no, and I was me. surprised, uh, Mark, how well it worked for volleyball because you've got the bump, the set, and the spike, and we never had any glitches with that at all. No, me either. It was very easy to, you know, you do those motions, like you said, that you'd bump the ball up and then spike it right down, and like it knew what we were trying to do every single time. And we played through every single one of these sports. We, we did multiple rounds. Um, I haven't, I haven't hit any problems and it's, I mean, with, with Wii sports resort, you still had to do the centering. You had to do put your Wii remote motion plus or whatever that, you know, attachment was. And then they came out like put that face down on a table, let it do, you know, calibrate or whatever. And you'd had to do that every 10 minutes. So it's, uh, I don't know. This is, this is kind of, I, I actually thought it was kind of impressive because oh, yeah. the, the, Wii or the, the, the joy con are so tiny compared to the Wii remote that all of that technology and more is shoved into this little thing that you just have. I didn't, and really, oh, yeah, the, a, so I'll be honest with you, Mark. The, the only delay I had was I had to update all of the Joy Cons. 
Yeah. Oh, sort right. Of, okay. Yeah, when I put the game in and it said there's an update and then I just updated all of the joy cons and yeah. we were good to go. Yeah. 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 That might be a, a issue, but updates are updates, right? So yep. aside from that, yeah, you're, you should be good. I don't know. I, and maybe I'm just lucky with, with how we've been doing it. And, uh, I will say only one of the joy con has that IR sensor on the bottom. Maybe we lucked out and we were both using that one. Maybe it's the left Joy-Con that is it is the left? The left it's one the doesn't right have it, right? The, yeah, the, the right, the right has, has the IR. Yeah. So maybe it's if you use the left one, maybe it's a little less precise. Um, I'm a lefty. I use the left Joy-Con and it works. Oh, perfect. never mind. There we go. Okay, because we I know we were using two right hand controllers for uh, for stuff like like tennis and and whatever. Yeah. So. Okay. I, I had some troubles with Ring Fit, and Ring Fit is like totally imprecise. It's just like, and it's like constantly like losing like direction. Like, oh, you have to move it and you're exercising. So it's not like I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like I've had, I've had hit and miss issues with Joy Con, especially, you know, with some things like that. And I know that the drift thing gets to be a problem too. So um, just, just was wondering about that. So it's good to hear you guys yeah. had a good experience. So we're, we're um, sending three of our Joy Cons back this week from, uh, from drift issues. I, I've got, a, I, I, I've got, I think I've got two. I got to figure out how to do that. One of ours like straight up does not work. This stick is dead. It's not even drifting anymore. It is just dead. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, moving on. We go from that. Let's see who is up. Uh, You both talk about switch sports. So let's see. I think it's you, Todd. Um, I think it's you. Um, am I up? Okay. Yep. <laughs> well, very quickly, very quickly. Um, I played a game that's on Game Pass now and PC. Um, it's on Xbox too. Called Weird West. This is a cool game. Um, this is like a uh, almost think of a isometric style open world RPG that you're in the old west, but it's full of supernatural things. Essentially. You're a former bounty hunter. Your husband and son have been kidnapped. Uh, you have to put back on your spurs and find your guns and take on this gang of like weird supernatural dudes. And it's kind of crazy. Um, the way you do the combat, it's like isometric. So you're kind of, you have to worry about where you're at and if your shots will line up, if they're blocked. Um, you do have a cool, like, you know, the Matrix Dodge or the, um, the um, what's it, Max Payne Dodge where you slow motion and you can shoot. But you're small, you're tiny. Um, but you have upgrades. You can trade things in. You can do side missions, um, and you use stealth. It's really cool. It's hard though. It's hard, really hard. I died so many times, and you can put yourself on fire by accident because, like, you can shoot like lamps, and it'll make things fall on fire. But if you walk into them, or if you have a lamp, and you're thinking you're gonna throw it, you end up throwing it like two seconds, two two inches in front of you, and then you burn. It's weird. It's it's really cool. Physics work really cool. Um, it's really got. What is it with you and lighting yourself on fire in games? That was you. <laughs> you're talking about Ragnarok a couple of weeks ago. Like yes. oh, I started that game off. I'm still in Norway and I keep lighting myself on fire. Apparently, like, that's the not Vikings coat themselves in just, like oil and like tan, like like the the, the, the Todd's that, like yeah. the Richard Hammond of Grand Tour, always crashing. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but no, it's 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 one of those things where you can have environmental damage, which is really cool. Um, it's a cool art style, cool aesthetic, really cool storytelling. Um, but it's a big game. I mean, there's so many missions to go on, uh, big open world, and but it's neat. It's kind of cool to see a game like this. This is by the the team that um, Arcane Games, I believe, who made Dishonored, also made um, 
the most recent game on PlayStation system exclusive. It'll come to Xbox. Not Deathloop. Uh, Deathloop. There. There you go. So this is one of their smaller teams that made a game. So I'm like, this is cool. So check out Weird West. It's really cool. Kind of a surprise. Um, a lot of fun. It's a cool game to just pick up and play at times because you can just play missions and then, you know, save and be done. It's very cool. Interesting. Okay, back to Corey. Uh, I'll make yeah. this quick. I, uh, I, I've i been playing Outriders again. Uh, I really like that game. I know it's a bit decisive, divisive, uh, but it's, man, it's just so stupid and fun. And uh, that they announced the World Slayer DLC, so I'm trying to finish the main campaign before that comes out. And, uh, man, I don't know. I, th- I think... I, as much as I love Gears of War, I think they need to take a couple pages from Outrider's book in terms of like movement and just overall weapon uh, <laughs> that they, that you can use. yeah, mm. yeah. So like it would be cool if in Gear Six you got like the Lambent abilities or whatever, and you could like shoot some cool uh, superpowers and stuff. But yeah, Outriders is great. I cool will defend the camera. Remember. What? It's co- is it co-op? Yeah. 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 It's up Sean, to four player. Play, Sean, have you played that game? Because I think you may really like it. It's very Gears of War-esque, but with special abilities. Mm-hmm. I have it in the queue for my Xbox, because it is on Game Pass, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, not, not for the end of the world, though, so it may go away eventually. Yeah, but I, I think that game is also on sale all the time for like 15 or 20 bucks. Uh, I do want to say that, like, you do have to get through that opening, I would say, half hour to 45 minutes. That is utter ridiculousness. Although the, that first character you meet with the cowboy hat and the mustache and stuff is super cool. Uh, but once you get through it, it's it it's pretty cool. I'm playing as a pyromancer and I can throw firewalls at people. Uh, I can steal their health with a fire lasso. It's just it's cool. It's very see cool. Todd Pyromancer, valid. That's reason my class, Mark. Yeah. Like That's my class. Eh. I don't set myself on fire, though, Todd. <laughs> I set other people on fire. <laughs> that's my revenge. I, that's the only I'm, pyromancer that lights himself on fire. Constantly. I'm doing like, onto oh, yeah, others as I do unto myself. <laughs> Finally, paying back people. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that that, that DLC is coming out. If you own it already, which in Game Pass, you get a discount. So check that out. It's very cool to see that how they're making that game go on. Um, Sean, bringing Call of Duty Vanguard home. Good game. I enjoyed it. But, you know, obviously, um, Call of Duty, it's, it's kind of their nader at this point. But I enjoyed it. I, you know, I got it part of, you know, you buy the two games, you get one free from Target. Stella wanted a game on the Switch and Henry got, and I saw it and I'm like, uh, you know, I've played Call of Duty in the past and I'm sort of a, well, I was a history major undergrad, so I was a big f- fan of reading about World War II. And so anytime Call of Duty comes up with a World War II game, I tend to really gravitate to it. And this one is just really cool. Love the graphics, love the storyline. I get, you know, uh, a lot of criticism. Oh, it's, it's sort of repetitive in terms of they've, you know, they started out as a World War II game and they had the Black Ops and stuff. And I just, I just get drawn to the, the Call of Duty games. And, you know, it's, it, it's just, for me, it's Friday. It's been a long week. 
put the old 3D Pulse headset on and go in and, and enjoy just the cool sounds and the, the, the action. I mean, there's some pretty intense spots in it and it's, it's just good. It's, it's a way to kill time and, and, and the graphics are really good on it. Great popcorn movie game. Yes. Dual, the dual sense does a great job with each weapon though, the way they feel too. Oh yeah. And you know, in going back to what Corey was talking about with um, outriders, you know, it's easy to, for a lot of folks to criticize games, but they, they sort of have their niche and their pieces that are fun. And, you know, if it's it's one of those games that just sort of draws you in, you do you, man. Enjoy your games. Play what you love. Love what you play. Exactly. And that's why, you know, I, I may have said uh, 343 Studios was hot trash in the summer, but I do appreciate folks that I've I've talked to that have really loved the multiplayer it's just fortunately that's not my gig within Halo and I was really ex- hoping for an immersive co-op experience you'll get it next year mm-hmm. hopefully before I'm dead <laughs> questionable oh kind of like Todd and I hoping for a Viking Super Bowl you know, also that's Corey's doing the Cleveland. Corey's mm. looking for Cleveland Super Bowl so yeah well let's yeah. Mm, let's not go there right now I'm I'm a. Yeah, let's just not go there right now. And Mark's waiting for the <laughs> Mark's waiting for the Leafs to win a uh, another Stanley Cup. Of course, of course, always uh, yes. since before I was born. Um, I'll jump in with my next two. I'm going to combine these two because I got them both on sale this week. So there's a, a, a May the Fourth sale. Uh, by the time people are listening to this, it should still be going on on Quest. Uh, so I picked up Vader Immortal and Star Wars Pinball VR. Uh, Galaxy's Edge Explorers is also on sale, but I already had that one. It was the first game I bought on Quest. Um, so Star Wars Pinball VR is Star Wars Pinball. I mean, if you played that before, you kind of know what to expect from at least the tables. But I love how the VR kind of puts you in your own little Star Wars man cave kind of thing and lets you decorate it with things that you unlock for playing the board. So, like, I have a giant stormtrooper statue. I've decorated it with posters. And it kind of, like, gives you the spot. Like, you can put a poster here. You can put a thing here. But it's kind of cool. I've got, like, a growing helmet collection. It's really neat. And you can walk around and explore all your stuff and then go play pinball on like a dozen different boards, which is really neat. Um, So that one's cool. Vader Immortal. I'm fairly early in about an hour or two, but like, holy crap, Darth Vader is intimidating in VR. Like the first time he just kind of walks up to you and like it's, they scale it so well. So you kind of have to look up at him, and it's like, Oh, all right. You're going to choke me or get on with it. I mean, de- yeah, sorry. Uh, no. Yeah. So what's, what's going on here? Uh, it's, um, it's, it's, he is intimidating. He is very, so, uh, uh, it's cool. Uh, Mark Henry just started playing it and I had to catch him cause he was looking up and he fell over when he saw Vader <laughs> and he's like, and he pulled his head up. Tad. That was really, that's it. He goes, that was, it was Darth Vader. And I go, yeah, that's why it's Vader Immortal. Yeah, dude, that's that's it. It's it's crazy. And I, I mean, I really like the lightsaber combat. Even just the the training stuff is is very satisfying. But uh, you know, combat in the game is good. It's um, it's cool. I'm I'm really gonna dig this. And and I I got all three chapters, so it's gonna give me a lot of gameplay. So if I could make cool. a recommendation, yeah. 
Um, I'm hoping a remastered version comes to Sony's second VR, but the Oculus, because I played it at Todd's, is way better than the Sony VR because oh, yeah. uh, the the Sony VR doesn't have the the tactical finger. Um, how do you how would you call it, Todd? It's, where it, it can it can register your fingers, which is yeah, the the Sony doesn't, and that is one of the cool things that's missing out of it that you can have with it on the Oculus. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Yeah, that cool. game sells VR. Uh, so well i my yep. friend came over um he's a big star wars fan and he is also has issues with heights so when he's climbing mm. there's a climbing portion and he looked there, down yeah it ruined it for him because he had to stop so that's that's just how immersive it gets so very cool yeah yeah the climbing stuff can get a little like intimidating especially there's one part where you're climbing up something and it kind of lets go and it goes backwards like if you're going to catch henry that might be the spot to do it because you start to kind of fall back and then you have to really reach out quickly and grab onto another bit and or maybe fall into the lava of, of mustafar i'm not really sure because i i did i didn't let myself die maybe i should have and see what happens but uh yeah there's some intense moments but so far i haven't done any uh, motion sickness or anything with this one it's just been very intimidating and, and very badass. The only VR game that I think is close to that one, because I think Vader Immortal is amazing, is um, the the Star Wars Squadron VR that you can get. Um, oh, yeah. That is so much fun. Um, but, uh, Todd, I bought those, those wrist motion sickness things that you yes. have. Yeah. And you have to have them. But... I am. If if I have one thing that I'm looking forward to Christmas is the second VR coming out for Sony. Um, that's going to be awesome, and I hope there's uh, a bunch of cool games like Star Wars Squadrons. We we will see that. That's going to be very cool. Lastly, it's not a game, but a cross save beef. I have. Um, we we hear Xbox always talk about PC and Xbox are an ecosystem. One thing I always say, though, if you're going to say that, you better support it. And one thing that I've had problems with, Mark, and we may have to figure out and talk to our friends over um, at, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the studio, um, the, the company that made um, uh, the game I loved with the the dice and, and, and the um, oh, rant, Lost and Random. I was going to, I was playing it on Xbox, loved it, went to my PC on PC Game Pass, no cross save. If a game's on Game Pass and it's on both, it should support that. That's a minimum. That's where I'm like, I'm really struggling to say it's an ecosystem. It's not an ecosystem right. if it doesn't support features. Which That is the biggest challenge I have. The other I would say is if I buy it on Xbox, I hopefully would be able to play it on Windows for free. I, I want that. I want. They used to have Xbox Play Anywhere where you bought it on Xbox get on PC. They don't do that. So it, I really think if they want to expand it, they will say if it's on the Microsoft store, it should be on the Xbox store and vice versa. That is a company by company choice. Uh, Microsoft, all Microsoft games do that, but it's also a company by company choice if you want to support that or not. So weird. Yeah. It just seems like a big miss. It's like, I know that's why I will not play a game if it doesn't have cross save because I'm like, well, then I have to then dedicate one console. But if I'm Xbox and PC, I'm like. Microsoft mm-hmm. owns Windows. Microsoft—it's just a—it's just a beef that I feel like when they say that and they don't actually do it. The Microsoft Store on PC sucks mm-hmm. balls. You can't buy games there. You can't do much. It's horrible. 
so they still owe me that because <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I wasn't going to get an Xbox because I had a gaming PC and I'm like, I'm supported. I feel like they've still failed and that's something they've failed for 30 years and that's their home base. So I just feel like that's the biggest install base they could ever have is PC and they continually fail. So, and the, and Halo runs like horseshit on, on, on oh. PC. Hey, there's another reason why 343 is hot trash in the summer. Right there. Anyway, so question for you. Do you guys think, you know, with Sony's new uh, Game Pass-like piece coming out, I saw that it said that there's PC saves. No. Do you think that's going to be a better user experience than Game Pass? No. 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 Sony's user experience is at best mediocre across everything. Yeah. Yep, they, they, they struggle with messaging and user, you, you know, user-friendly things that we just have not seen. But um, they're late to the party on PC support. Um, they just, and they, they won't have anything, essentially, for any other platform. The best thing we're going to get out of Sony's new system is um, legacy games. That's probably the only thing we'll see. Potentially, it's going to be the deepest legacy platform ever, and that's cool. But that's the best thing we're going to get out of it. So, yeah, uh, I think. But that that just speaks to Sony, though. Like the games sell consoles, right? It does doesn't matter what your user experience is, right? I mean, for me, like the Xbox Series X and the Xbox One X before it had the best user experience, but there's no games, you know, quote unquote, no games, right? So you got you go to Sony and they have the games, but they have a terrible user experience. Like the backwards compatible stuff is so backwards, mm-hmm. no pun intended. Like it's just, but they have the games that people want, and so they continue to sell consoles. So, yeah, when you're winning, you don't have to do much. Yeah, Nintendo's winning I mean, right now. Yeah, I know. Look at the Switch. I mean, like, they're, 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 like what they've done to the Switch after five years, they finally they can't give even, you folders. They can't even add you a third theme, <laughs> let alone. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, so everybody's bringing something to the party, and I think it was the PlayStation Drive. They said, imagine if you could get the Xbox, you know, user-friendliness with Game Pass, things like that, and you get the, the first-party games together. They would make the greatest company in the world. Or the, But I'm like, mm-hmm. imagine if you had the opposite. You had, like, the, the Sony experience with the Xbox first-party output, and you'd be like, eh? So I mean, he's doing it the best. At- as an Xbox fan, we did have that from 2013 to 2019, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> till, till Gears 5 came out, I would say that was the experience. <laughs> and Nintendo on the Wii U had some great games, but people just didn't like that I console at I have all. A, <laughs> I've been going through my Wii U games. I have a huge... <laughs> I still argue that my Wii U... <laughs> holy crap i love the wii u i until the switch came out i argue that the wii u was the best nintendo console they ever made in terms of software their console i I will agree the library for the wii u was amazing it was just the the hardware itself was lacking yeah really yes it has the three no 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 no, no. listen listen todd listen it has the three best zelda games it has it has but it has the end of life Zelda games. They were made for other consoles, essentially. It doesn't matter. It has the three best oh, Zelda games. Them. It has the best two. There are three D Mario game. It has the second best Pikmin game. It has the best Xenoblade game. It has Mario Kart. 
It has the best Mario Kart game. It has no Metroid game. It doesn't matter. It has no Animal Crossing game. It does. It has Animal Crossing Festival poop crap. (laughs) Amiibo Festival. Yeah, that one. It has the most Zelda remakes. (laughs) No, no. But isn't every Nintendo game a remake? Oh, Sean, be nice. (laughs) No, I'm all kidding aside. It's interesting. There there is a, a boy in my neighborhood that has he's he's 16 and he to this day plays his wii u more than he plays his switch because he just likes the games better mm-hmm. i mean to be fair the best games on switch right now are wii u games you know for the most part most yeah. aside from like metroid dread and fire emblem like yep. you can point at everything else and be like oh that was on wii u you know i so. still think the wii i think the wii u gamepad is one of my Terrible. favorite actual experiences no, no. Like in regards to like, no, not, 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 not actually like playing on it, but like the ergonomics of playing mm. on a portable is the best because it had full size everything. Mm. I think the joy cons are the worst but- console level controls because they have the worst sticks, the worst bumpers, worst things. They have the worst buttons. They have, they are the worst. The joy cons are nobody pretty can bad. Play. Yeah, but uh, but the pro control on the flip side, the pro controller is one of the best controllers out there. Yes, and just imagine mm-hmm. the gamepad had the pro controller on a portable. So right, that's what I'm saying. Just make that in a switch, and you're golden. I will never complain about the switch ever again. I think they should sell a version of the switch that looks like the switch light that plugs into a dock with because it has a proper D pad. Right. Like it, it just, it, I just, I, I, I do not like the joy cons. I just don't like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, did we, lose, did we lose Todd because of that statement? I think so. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 here we go. Oh, you have the hoary pads. You have the hoary pads, don't you? No, no, this is the, this, uh, these are the, the, the ones that are wireless. This is all they have to do. Yeah. This is all they have to do. It has like real triggers, mm-hmm. has under buttons. You could actually have like a pro controller. These things are wireless. They are motion controlled. They do everything except for NFC and they're only 50 bucks. Hmm. Who makes those, Todd? Uh, Binbok. It's like a third party and they're excellent and they control. They... No, how many people actually, except for Wii, uh, the Wii Sports, really use the Joy-Con separately in that format? The majority don't. They have them attached to a switch or docked. I so can't, to me, that was just a cop-out. I can't tell you the last time I detached Joy-Cons other than to switch the colors of them because I was bored of the ones that I have. Yeah. Okay, good point. Um, but I play with the troops and they do Mario Party and whatnot. But if it's just just your, your normal gaming, not sort of in powered party mode... And stuff, I couldn't agree with you more. You can still do this, though, with these. There's no reason you can't do that. Yep. And that, from a user experience perspective, I think that's going to be that next step up from an experience that Nintendo is going to tighten that controller up. So, yeah, I mean, just because they could make a pro controller Joy-Cons, that's an additive experience for more advanced controllers. That's all I've asked for. Give me options, Nintendo. I will pay you for it. Mm-hmm. Oh well, Mark is going to kill me 
because I've only mentioned this like 85 times. So I'm going <laughs> to move on <laughs> and we'll go from there. Uh, very quickly, um, you know, we're, we're going long, but I just want to let everyone know we are getting E3 essentially. Not that's not E3. Xbox is our summer game fest announced uh, for June. Uh, this is mm-hmm. June 12th. I believe it's on a Sunday. And um, it's going to be both Bethesda and Xbox focused. So um, we're not going to go into it, what it means, everything. I just want one prediction from each of you, what you want to see or hope to see there. Hmm. I want to see Indiana Jones from Machine Games. Damn it. I, 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 sorry. Sorry. It's all right. uh, I, I want to see what Machine Games can do outside of Wolfenstein. I love Wolfenstein 1 and 2. Uh, I think I I feel like they gave it to them because Indiana Jones fighting Nazis and fair that's what they're good at. But uh, I want to see what their third person action adventure game looks like. I I want the Uncharted experience, but with Indiana Jones, right? That's that's what I want, and uh, I hope we get it. That's what I want to see. It's going to be interesting to see if they get Harrison Ford's likeness or if they have a sound alike that sounds like him you know i i I want to indiana jones is like one of my favorite franchises of all time i think raiders of lost ark and last crusade are some of my favorite movies of all time i and it's been a long time since we've gotten a decent indiana jones game right i think the last one i remember playing was the one in the original xbox uh and so i just I would like to see what they do with that character, how they bring it to life, and what what they do. Are they going to make it based off a movie? Is this an original adventure? Is this, I mean, is it first person or third person? Does he have a companion like Short Round or Marion with him? Right, like these are these are questions I have, and I would like to see them answered. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, adult Short Round. Back. Oh, jeez. That'd be cool, though. <laughs> Except we would have we would have Indiana Jones fighting the Soviets and via Crystal Skull situation, and I know I'm higher on that movie than a lot of other people are, but I don't think that's the right direction to go. Nazis in Argentina, we booked it. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, replied Corey. Sean, yep. um. I want to see 343 Studios dressed up as the Viceroy saying, we won't survive this. And then you've got Quaquan Microsoft and Obi-Wan 13 Studios chasing them down. That's what I want to see. All kidding aside, no, honestly, um, I want to see something different that really harnesses the power. I mean, because Bethesda is a really good studio, right? They've got a good history. I want them to really take advantage of the Xbox power and to really see, you know, we talked about this the last time I was on where it usually takes a year or two before you see studios take full advantage of the Xbox series X or the PlayStation five. I want to see something really cool and immersive and I want it to be new IP, something we haven't even seen, whether it's, you know, uh, a space game or um, some sort of cool event on Earth or something, but it really immerses you because they have to find a replacement for Halo because it's done. 
It really is. It's done. Wow. Sean's thrown fire on Halo. Wow. You'll like the game, man, when you play it. I think you'll really enjoy the game. Yeah, especially if you like uh, Crisis. Like, I think you're going to feel right at home in the campaign. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a shame, yeah, that the co-op is delayed, and I know that's what you're really looking forward to. So I think they'll redeem yourself in their eyes because I think the game in total was really strong. Um, it's just they just need some support to get, and I think they're going to get there. I think they. Really and and I'll be honest with you. Um, so Todd, you know, I had that lapse between the 360 and before I got the Series X. Um, the uh, the the Xbox. Uh, or the sorry, the Halo game that the last one to come out where it had the two factions. Are you talking about Halo Five uh, Guardians? Yes. Yeah. 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 I absolutely loved that game on the Series X, and where Cortana went rogue and the, the graphics and everything was amazing. It was immersive, and I know a lot of people didn't like that game. I thought that was awesome. And so I'm hoping we'll get some sort of new fresh start because Bethesda is a good studio. Well, they're making Starfield, so you'll get that. Yes. Most likely this fall. So we'll see how that goes. Very quickly, Mark. Yeah, uh, you just uh, said what I want to see. I just want to see Starfield. I want to see more of it. I want to get a demo or something of just to just see someone playing Starfield. Let's get more than that little teaser trailer. This game's coming out sooner rather than later. So let's see more of it. Get us pumped up, get us excited. This is the time to do it. That's it. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think we have a feel for what they're going to show. Um, but what always gets me excited about it is the, the one thing we don't expect to Sean's point, new IP, new surprises, things like that. Um, Xbox has a lot of Xbox original Xbox games that have been dormant. Um, and I think as we saw with Microsoft flight simulator, people have the need, the need for speed and how could they bring that alive? But with, you know, crimson skies, come on. People love a fantasy world of kind of cool dog fighting with very, um, uh, that ne'er-do-well, uh, kind of like 1930s uh, feel for air combat, where it's it's hyper-stylized in a world that's not quite real, but a little bit very swashbuckling and things like that. I think it'd be very cool, and almost like you take the aesthetics of like a, a Sea of Thieves mark mm. and add that to an air combat game. And it very doesn't cool. necessarily, I mean, it could be a multiplayer-only game where like you are with a squadron. And you go off with your buddies, have a squadron of ships, and do something like that. I don't know who would develop that game, because I don't think that team's even around anymore. But mm. they have enough studios coming on board that I think, or get a, a third party to make it even, and make it just that sequel that could do something new and make a series that a lot of people long for and bring it back to life. So I think Crimson Skies could be that next live game that could have a lot of love that that uh, you know Sea of Thieves got, but in mm. a different element so i think that could be kind of cool maybe we get it maybe we don't so can i ask you just really quick uh, i was doing some research and it sounds like xbox has 13 plus studios 23 but like 13 is original content studio right nope 
23 with as Bethesda. They got 23 studios. If they get Activision Blizzard, they will go up to 32, 31. Mm -hmm. So should you expect, like in the next 36 months, a blockbuster game a month then? Uh, They said they want to release one AAA title a quarter is their goal. Which they should be able to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, with 23 studios, if you think it takes six years to develop, that is right around four a year. Six years to develop a game is a lot of long time. So in that add another 30, you know, get to 31, Mm -hmm. they should have no problem with output. And that's been the biggest thing I think people want to see is show us the games. You've said be patient. Two Mm -hmm. a year is not enough. So Mm -hmm. I think... 2023 is that year, and I think we're excited. And we may get some surprises this year. That's the most thing I were excited about is that one more thing, a new surprise. Maybe it's a second party that Xbox gets. But Xbox has the money to make magic happen, so I'm very excited. And let, one last thing, I think we're also going to get an Xbox Elite 3 announcement too. So there mm-hmm. you go. That's smart, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty smart call. Hopefully it goes to the design studio. Oh, absolutely. I think I think they're going to try because there there's been reports of Phil Spencer wanting trigger like the haptic feedback triggers triggers like PlayStation, and I think it's going to be in whatever the next version of the controller. I think they're going to make like a mid tier controller to be honest. Where like I think they drop the current controllers to like fifty bucks, and mm-hmm. if you want the haptic feedback, you pay the seventy five or 70. eighty bucks, and then yeah. an elite controller would be you know whatever they cost yeah, the next seventy five bucks. Yeah, I could yeah, see them doing that. They've done it before, mid-console generation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's not unprecedented. So people don't feel like they're left behind. They yeah. can upgrade really quickly. It's a secondary controller you buy anyways. It looks cool. Mm-hmm. That's a great yeah. idea. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and that is it for the news portion. Very short. But now we're getting to the bonus round. And since Mark is the biggest Star Wars fan in the land, hosts a Star Wars podcast, this is your bonus round, buddy. Go. All righty. Yeah, let's jump in. Uh, so first off, I just want to do a very quick, super flat flash lightning round, uh, just single word answers or single title answers or whatever. But I want to get a sense of where you guys started. So starting with Todd, Todd, what was your first Star Wars game? Star Wars, uh, the game, the arcade game in the early 80s, Star Wars. All right, Sean. Uh, uh, Atari 2600 game, Hoth. Okay. All right. Corey. Uh, I think my, I think my first Star Wars game was, uh, uh, Shadows of the Empire. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So young. Yeah. All right. So mine was, uh, like I said, I think Super Star Wars was, was where I started first, uh, with following very closely behind by X-Wing. I was trying to figure out the timeline on that. Uh, Super Star Wars, I think, was 92. X-Wing was maybe 93, 94. And I don't think I played Super Star Wars right away. So they were both probably in that 93, 94, like, in there. And I can't remember which one I actually played first, but I'm going to say Super Star Wars. So uh, worst Star Wars game you've ever played, Todd? Rebel Assault on PC. All righty. Sean? Uh, Star Wars Connect. Oh yeah, <laughs> we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I loved. I thought the I loved the game on the premise, and it was terrible. Yep, yep. The uh, infamous Han Solo dance, uh, Corey. Oh my gosh, dude, that's that's hard to beat. Um, the worst Star Wars game I have ever played. Hmm, I haven't played many bad ones. Masters of Terrace Kasi is pretty bad. 
It was neat at the time, right? Right. But like, come on, Chewbacca's not going to beat Darth Vader. Let's be honest here. Okay. <laughs> but whores in it. Whore. Whore the Tuscan. Everyone's how favorite. I, how can uh, I forget that guy? Yeah. Uh, mine, I'm going to say Yoda City st- or Yoda Stories for uh, for the Game Boy Color. Uh, talking about hot trash. Sh- uh, Sean, if, yeah, just if you want real hot trash, play that. Um, all right. Last one. Todd. The best or your favorite Star Wars game? Um, I'm going to probably say that is probably um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, that's 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 too easy, but I mean, that game was fantastic. Sean? Squadrons VR. Beauty. Corey? Man, you know, if you would have asked me this question three years ago, it probably would have been KOTOR, right? But Mm. I got to agree with Todd. Jedi Fallen Order is just... It's a masterpiece. I love that game. Yep. I'm going the same. Any game I can build my own lightsaber and make oh. it look like this lightsaber in that game. You posted that on Instagram what, so a fun. while ago. And I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. You know, and like we're planning our Disney trip right now for November. Sweet. And I'm like, I just want to, I just want that lightsaber. So, Clark, if people wanted to build a lightsaber, where would they go? To build their own, you have to go to Disney World. But to order your own, you can go to leveluplightsabers.com. There's a, I don't usually include it in this show, but I have an affiliate link. If you go over to Holocron Chronicles, it gives me a little kickback if you buy a lightsaber. But for those custom ones, you have to sadly do that in Disney World. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Corey, I look forward to hearing all about your trip. And if you have any questions, uh, hit me up. I'm always watching all the Disney plan know, videos, even though I can't go back for a bit. I know. I, we went right before the pandemic hit. And, That's when we, yeah, and like we we were scheduled to go the week the parks all closed down. No way! And then my dad, I was like, I was like, Dad, I, you got to move that trip up a couple weeks because we don't want to be there for spring break. He's like, oh, okay, I'll do that. And then yeah, so shoot, wow. So That's we were before, uh, right before COVID, we were supposed to go to Disneyland, hmm. and then. COVID hit and everything canceled. So oh, I'm hoping maybe in October this year to wow. take the troops. I, I love Disney so much. Oh, so do I. It's, okay. It is the happiest place on earth. I screwed Gosh, up. So. I went in 2019 and went to Hollywood Studios. I'm like, oh, that's where Star Wars is going to be. I suck. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so close. Um, all right. Let's jump in. There's a few Star Wars games in development. Uh, so... I want to ask. There's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna run through a few again. We'll do this a little quick, and uh, I want to know your most anticipated upcoming Star Wars game. So, like I said, I'll run through them just so everyone's kind of on the same page. Uh, if I miss any, though, let me know. So, there's Star Wars Hunters. This is going to be free to play, mobile, and Switch. Uh, kind of a uh, what do you call hero shooter style Star Wars game? A bunch of different is that out on like, iOS uh, people already. I uh, don't think it's out yet. Mm-hmm. It's uh, for anything, but it, it's it's in the pipeline. Apparently, coming out this year. There's only a 2022 release window uh, for that one. It's it's by Take Two or Zynga or whatever. Um, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, we have Jedi Fallen Order two in the mix i'm expecting to hear more about that as early as tomorrow so by the time you're listening to this i'm hoping we have a little bit more on that one uh we've got the knights of the old republic remake Corey. that one yep 
little fist uh yeah 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 congratulations there uh or a celebration i mean um we've got respawns recently announced uh star wars first person shooter we've got the ubisoft open world star wars game um we've got star wars eclipse and if anyone says that uh as their most anticipated one i (laughs) you're gonna be waiting a while (laughs) you've been warned (laughs) We're, we're going to have some words, but uh, anyway, that's that. Uh, Respawn's uh, Star Wars strategy game and Amy Hennig's Skydance new media Star Wars game so that was hard, just man. announced. You just um, mentioned that one. I'm like, I'm changing my name, my game. Damn. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. The cool part about this is you're going to have a Star Wars game for any way you want to play. Yeah. And I've the way I've counted it up. I've got like four four hundred bucks in Star Wars games coming up here shortly <laughs> because we're gonna play them all. Yeah. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. They all the have game, that maybe. niche. You know, I mean they all have certain things that are intriguing. The immersive world and the experience looks cool. The strategy game could be super fun. Um I just I just the first person shooter, I'm thinking, oh, it's it's from respawn, so you know it's gonna be good. They've got a history of good games. Ubisoft's open world. It's, I mean, I think for me, the the biggest decision is what platform do you get where you have, you know, all of these could potentially have an online sort of co-op, right? Mm -hmm. Where is your buddies playing and which ones do you go on? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Switch is definitely going to be left out on most of these, unfortunately. That's fine. Unless we get Switch 2, which that could happen eventually. But I think that's Mm. where we see all these games like, I don't think any of these are coming to Switch. No. Unless they are like a weird. Hunters is. Well, Hunters, yeah. Hunters is is Switch console exclusive, Mm -hmm. as far as we know. Streaming versions, uh, maybe. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we we have heard that, or you know, there's there's some rumors. I think of, of Fallen Order getting a, a streaming oh. version for Switch, the original Fallen Order. Now, that's not to say Fallen Order Two version, could follow Mark? the same thing. Yeah, oh no. god. Um, but we'll uh, we'll see. So again, maybe I'll go in the same order. Uh, Todd, most anticipated. Okay, I'm going to do this caveat. Uh, KOTOR Remake, because I never played it, and I've tried to play it, and it's just hard to go back to that game, so I'm very excited about that, but it's not a new game. Uh, uh, man, uh, Love Respawn. I'm excited to see what they do. That that could be the... the um, Sean and I were just talking about that. That could be the follow-up to um, the uh, squad-based uh, clone team that we got. Republic um, Commando. That Republic Commando. Yes. That, that could be that type of yes. game. Awesome. But... Oh, and then, God, the Ubisoft game. I mean, imagine doing an Assassin's Creed with a open world and do things. I mean, there's, there's so many things. But then I looked at Amy Hennig. I'm like, I just want Amy Hennig to make an awesome game in Star Wars. That's mm-hmm. my pick. Because mm-hmm. we could get a Uncharted with a rogue guy doing cool things. Yep. That could be awesome. So I think that's so, my get. But it's so far away. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe it's Ragtag. Part two. That's uh, yeah. that's the tough part. We we just talked about this on Holocron Chronicles uh, with M, our guest, and uh, we built this game together, like this idea, because uh, you know we were, we were talking about this, and like 
if it doesn't happen now, like I'm disappointed because I, I, you Not know, happen, Mark. I know. It's, Get rid of that negativity. She, she wants happening. to see like, uh, she wanted to see like Thrawn kind of come up. I think mm-hmm. through like through Coruscant and like the underbelly and all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought of something like just kind of dumber, which was um, tying it into. Uh, she she tied it into Fallen Order, but I said, uh, pick it up after Rise of Skywalker. Um, make it so you are working for Ray. You're not Thank playing God. as Ray, but you're working for her as a bounty hunter of sorts, more of an Indiana Jones style person to really, uh, and going out and collecting more Jedi and Sith artifacts so she can learn more about the orders, what to do, what not to do, blah, blah, blah. So you talk to Ray, you interact with Ray, but for the most part, you're gone out on your own. And the great thing that M tied it into was, uh, fallen order and having an old Cal Kestis be uh, the, the keeper of these things because of his force touch power, where he can get the history of objects. Uh, you bring things back to him and Cal tells you the history of things. And he's kind of the, the new Jedi archivist uh, and he's survived. So now he's kind of, you know, in his, in his sixties, seventies or whatever he'd be at that point. Uh, so he's kind of the old Jedi sage working with Ray and, and this, uh, this rogue bounty hunter or, you know, archeologist person going out. So I want that Mark, game. And I I'm want adding on to your story. But go for it. Dr. Afra, And this is Dr. Afra's like student. Oh, okay. I like that. I so like she's, that. A, she's a she's a tied everything. She's a there we go. Yeah. yeah, I think that could be cool. You could do two eras and tie it. Yep. In. I'm all perfect. In. Perfect. Made it. Uh, so I'm going the same. I want I that that open world or that uh, Amy Hennig's uh, thing for sure. And and Fallen Order too. I'll, I'll cheat and say too. Uh, Corey, man, I mean, it's hard not to pick Fallen Order sequel, uh, and. I would say KOTOR, but I don't have a PlayStation 5, so I will be waiting a long time for that as well yeah. uh, as an Xbox player. Corey, uh, someone who can find PlayStation 5s out of the air, as Sean Nias can attest, I can hook you up if you want one. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to wait till they get smaller, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Those things are pretty massive. Decent call. <clears throat> uh, you don't want the boat motor? No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have a, I had a hard time finding a spot for my Series X. Okay, I don't I I that's mm-mm. yep. Uh, but as a as a fan of Massive and the Division and what we've seen of that Avatar game, I'm really intrigued mm-hmm. what this Ubisoft game is going to be. Uh, I as as excited as I am for Amy Hennig, all I can think about is like a Han Solo Uncharted game and that's perfect for me and I'll be like, okay, that's fine. But uh, we don't know much, so it's hard to be excited about that. But thinking about uh, Ubisoft's open world star Wars game has me quite intrigued. So uh, yeah, that's, that's my pick. I think. Nice. Sean. So this was really hard for me. Um, I know Jedi or uh, fallen order two is probably going to be, the most hyped, the one that everybody's going to want. But could you imagine if Ubisoft's is you're a Jedi in training and you're sent out to do missions and you can customize your person and build them up and give them a bunch of skill sets. And then you rise up the ranks 
and then you eventually get a pad one. And could you imagine if the pad one was an actual user? That would be cool. Co-op, yeah. They could yeah. Mm. Now, they already do it. Yeah. Um, response first person shooter uh, really seems intriguing. I could see that potentially being a VR as well because of what they did with Medal of Honor and maybe have a side piece. Uh, as I look through these, my goodness, I, I, I'm hoping they all are amazing and they have their own different tilt at different times and eras. Like, um, you know, with uh, Knights of the Old Republic really reviving that, and then Ubisoft just being wide open and maybe you just choose your own Jedi thing. Um, and then you'll look at, you know, uh, Fallen Order 2, they could really take that in a cool direction with all the uh, things coming out with Disney Plus. And so um, I'm, I'm just going to take the, the excitement of sit back and wait and see because I, th- I think we're going to be surprised. And the one piece that I will say is with such a devoted fan base, of not just movie watchers, folks that read the books, uh, the the is is it the New Order is the books that just came out? New Fall- Republic, New Republic. Republic. Right? There could be a game coming out with that, oh, yeah. which I could see. Um, so, um, quite honestly, they all have something that appeals to me. Where, quite honestly, I could probably if these guys came out, let's say, one each year, I could be putting a boatload of time on just Star Wars games and be happy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm excited for that. I, I know that's a non-answer, but, man, this is going to be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mark, what is your pick? Uh, I said that Amy, Amy Hennig, that's, oh. uh, I, I agree. Yeah. That's uh, that we, like I said, we talked about it on, um, on Holocron Chronicles and building up that kind of story and having M add to that. And then Todd, you just bringing in Afra, uh, all of that's really talking to me and, and Fallen Order too. I'm, I'm really looking forward to. So could I ask uh, just one quick question? Yeah. Because you guys are way more versed at gaming than I am. Which studio thinks going to, do you think is going to do it the right way? Oh, that's respawn. I mean, I'd yeah, say if respawn, respawn would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they'll nail it. Uh, it may not yeah. be the the franchise or the part of Star Wars you want, mm-hmm. but they will make mm-hmm. a game that you will love to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean Ubisoft too. Like, yeah, sure. that's. Uh, I think it depends yeah. on what kind of game Ubisoft is making, though. Are you like a Jedi That's going it. in this open world? Or are you like a bounty hunter? Yeah. Are you a Mandalorian? Like, what are you playing in? Right. So, like you know? awkward right. conversations, like and really lots as, of little mini quests, and have to do this. You may get tired of that. It might not be mm-hmm. good enough good writing. That's yeah. a big. Part I think. Too. I think as long as the studios are allowed to pick the projects that are right for them. Like if this is if this is studios coming up with these ideas. And pitching and, you know, Star Wars saying, who wants to make a Star Wars game? And, and you know, Ubisoft comes up and says, here's a game we want to make. It leans into our strengths. We've learned this from The Division. We've learned this from Assassin's Creed. We want to take this and, and fit it into this world. And here's how. Uh, and Star Wars goes, yeah, two thumbs up. Let's do this. Um, 
I think any single one of these studios could do that. And that's why I said, you know, like, yeah, Star Wars Hunters is a Zynga game, but like if they pitch that and that's what they want to make and it's not just some sort of money grab, like that game could actually be fun as a hero shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's yet to be seen, right? So like I'm I'm really hoping that any of these studios can knock it out of the park. But um, What's interesting, yeah. uh, Marcus, when I pitched these to my son, Hunters was the one that he was drawn to. It's on the Switch. He's like, it's a good experience. That could be fun. And he's huge into Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I would say check out videos of it. It seems very much a mobile game experience, unfortunately. So if you if you're fine with that, that's fine. But I saw it. I'm like, this just looks kind of ridiculous. But you know what? That works for some people. Um, I would say the cool part about this is they're not tied to just EA anymore. This mm-hmm. has allowed them to do the Marvel uh, mindset of like they can pick the right studio and leverage their talents and do this versus like he has to find the right studio and they have to balance what they're doing. So this is a really good focus and Disney John T. T. Drake is behind Disney's gaming. And I think he's doing the right thing. So this is really an exciting era for star Wars. For sure. Yeah. We'll see where it goes from there. Todd, you want to wrap us up? Absolutely. So that is it for the show folks. I hope you had a good time. Star Wars is coming. Um, it's really kind of exciting to hear everybody's thoughts on Star Wars, and we want to hear from you, obviously. So follow us on Twitter in the Marrying Ways. You'll hear about that in the end credits that Mark provides so kindly. But with that, um, Corey and Sean, thank you for joining us. Uh, tell the folks where they can follow you in the world of interwebs if they want to hear from you. Uh, you can follow me personally at I am Corey NHD on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, I run the Boss Rush Network. You can go to bossrush.net to find all of our stuff. Uh, we do a plethora of podcasts. Uh, I host the Boss Rush podcast, uh, Nintendo Power Block, uh, which is approaching episode 300. Uh, I'm also, Amazing. yeah, I know. I, we were talking about it the other day. I was like, man, that's crazy. Uh, we have a retro and nostalgia podcast called standard definition where we are doing an MCU rewatch. We're doing a Disney animated rewatch. We just wrapped Indiana Jones. So you can check that out. Uh, and we have a plethora of other shows you can check out too. uh, crossroads, uh, which is a gaming news podcast. And, uh, you can check it all out at bossrush.net. Corey, thanks for being on. This is fantastic. Sean, Tell people where they can follow you and your Viking. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> N-Y-H-U-S-S-E-A-N at, for the PlayStation. Uh, N-Y-H-U-S-S-P at the Xbox and at Sean Ias at Twitter. Um, as always, I just appreciate being on and you guys just keep doing what you're doing. Corey, I'm definitely going to subscribe. Uh, looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing you out in the uh, Destiny Arena. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I'm all. I'm always. I'm always looking for more people to play Destiny with. So, well, this was awesome because Corey and I go way back. Yeah, Aaron, it's always fun, and and I love the fact that these inter- these these internet relationships, these friendships exist and they continue on as we've seen Corey form a family, get married, have kids. Sean has multiple kids. My son is 16. This is awesome. That's what's all about gaming is finding people you can game with and have a great time. 
And that's why we do this podcast. So thank you, folks, for being along our journey. And we just always want to remind folks, it's always better to game together. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.